You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown. I am your co-host, your favorite bear, sitting in his comfy chair trying to bring you the daily news and notes from the University of Utah and all the athletic teams that participate under their banner. We have a wonderful show ahead of you today, ahead for you today, I should say, not ahead of you and also created for you uh, ahead of time. Somewhere down in Frollerton, the Utah baseball team nets a big win. Who starred? Who shone? And what does it mean for the Utes going forward? Utah men's basketball releases the final stretch of their regular season schedule. Will they be able to make up enough ground in the standings to position themselves to get a first place by? And who will they be playing in the final two games of the season? We'll talk about that. Also, we'll dip into a little bit of recruiting action as the Pylon 7-on-7 tournament takes place down in Nevada over the weekend. Was Utah represented? And who might they be chasing as the 2022 and 2023 recruiting cycles begin to open up? All that coming up next here on the Locked on Utes podcast for February 23rd, 2021. Thank you for joining me on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by our favorite sponsors, Built Bar, Bet Online AG, and Rock Auto, as usual. My name is Brian Brown. I am your co-host, joining you on a beautiful Tuesday. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're living well, and I hope that things are going well for you, just like they were for the Utah baseball team on Monday. The Utes traveled to Cal State Fullerton to take on Fullerton. Uh, For some reason, their uh, mascot escapes me currently. Titans. That, That would be the Titans. So they traveled to Fullerton to take on the Titans in a replacement series for a short notice change we, we've talked so much about how COVID has been the prevalent reason for all the changes going on lately this was actually weather related as the Utes were supposed to travel to the University of Texas San Antonio and play the I believe it's the Roadrunners down there but with all the weather concerns coming from the winter storms and the way that Texas has just absolutely been uh, pummeled by that the Team was forced to find a new series, traveled down to Fullerton, uh, dropped the first two games. First game, lost 3-1, to one, a very close affair. Second game, struggled with the ground ball without a doubt, gave up 15 runs, were only able to post one. And as Jake and I talked about yesterday, the hopes, the fingers were crossed that they could get a win because Fullerton is one of the better programs in baseball currently. Uh they, the proud tradition, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, they've never had a losing season. And while they do play in the Big West Conference for baseball, it is a different Big West than we might be mindful of. That is primarily the California schools. So UC Irvine, Cal State Fullerton, obviously, UC Santa Barbara, Cal Poly, UC Davis, CSU Base, Bakersfield, Hawaii, Long Beach State, UC Riverside, UC San Diego, uh, some of the more baseball-rich programs 
in the country, and, and obviously the West Coast is what it is when it comes to baseball. These are all schools that have produced a lot of future MLB prospects, have proud programs. And so for the University of Utah, which is still an up-and-coming program, this is a pretty big victory. Uh, the big story from the game, I think, has got to be uh, the fact that they were able to jump on Fullerton early and hold on with good defense and pitching to close out the victory. That's one thing that I think this program in the past has struggled with. And we saw even previously the day before on Sunday that they really had a hard time getting the ground balls under control and forced errors and things of that nature really doomed them. It was a 15-1 to victory for Cal State Fullerton. So I... Baseball terms, that's an absolute slugging, and Utah was never really able to mount any kind of a comeback or anything of that nature. So for the Utes to come out, play solid defense after uh, jumping on top early and and, and building a pretty substantial lead there, uh, that's a good sign for this team. I think we've talked a little bit about how they've tried to add to the bullpen with some transfers. Jaden Kiernan was really, really solid. Uh going two for five Kai Roberts another guy that that has that we've seen kind of grow throughout this program uh two for four with a run uh Tyler Thompson another guy going two for five with three RBIs uh Jalen McLaughlin had had one big hit and one run so you can see right there that the breakdown of 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 where Utah was getting their runs from was was pretty spread out across um a variety of guys and I think probably the biggest takeaway was the ability of the bullpen to hang on as the game got late also worth noting that a lot of the guys who contributed are underclassmen Jaden Kiernan's only a sophomore playing catcher Tyler Thompson the outfielder is a sophomore uh Kaylor Yates freshman Trey Clarkson is a freshman Jalen McLaughlin one of the transfers that Utah was able to pick up Kai Roberts, another uh, freshman. So there's a, pl- a plethora of young talent in this program right now. And as Jake and I have discussed previously, this is a team that needs to gel quickly and gain some confidence and momentum. For young teams, that's critical. And so now they can come back home. They can regroup a little bit. The schedule should be pretty well set, but they have some momentum as they've beaten a good program in Cal State Fullerton. And then they'll go back to... You know, I I honestly wonder if they'll even come home because they'll likely stay in L.A. this week and and as they go on Friday to Loyola Marymount to play another strong program in Southern California. And that'll be a three-game homestand for Loyola Marymount against the Utes. But this will give them an opportunity to carry some momentum forward from a big win at Cal State Fullerton, as we've mentioned, uh, and see where this team can go. It's going to be a bit of a bumpy road because it is a younger team. They do have some anchors in the graduate students that graduate transfers, I should say, that they were able to pick up, especially in the bullpen area. And so after that, they'll be able to come back home, likely because the next game, set of games won't be until March the 5th, where they'll head down to Arizona to play the Sun Devils. At that point, we'll have a pretty good idea of what this team is made up of, who the contributors really will be, and what we might be able to project in terms of a Pac-12 outcome. It's going to be a different season because you're not going to play a full slate of Pac-12 opponents. 
You're going to mix in some Utah Valley, some Northern Colorado, a, a couple uh, games against Dixie State along the way, uh, including a series at Brigham Young for the most part. They'll play two games, I should say, at Smith's Ballpark and then one at uh, Larry Miller Field down there at BYU. And then they'll finish off the season with Oregon, Washington, and USC. So they'll have an opportunity to do some growth and some development here. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I think Kai Roberts is a guy that I look at. Sky Ridge High School, a local kid, plays third base. That I think he could be a really strong contributor for this team. But again, he's a younger guy. Uh, one that we've seen come up through the local Utah ranks and be a local guy that committed to the U. But I think that that's the kind of player that Utah really needs to develop and, and really establish if they're going to be competitive in the Pac-12. Uh, Jalen McLaughlin is an interesting uh, candidate to me because he was transferred from Nevada. Uh, center fielder, speedy guy. We talked about him a lot. But if he can get on base, then Utah's got some bats to where they can advance him. And that was one of the key parts in the fifth inning is he got a single down. I believe he was the right or the left field line. It has to be either one or the other. Uh, but he was able to move around the bases and score a run that added to Utah's lead there in the fifth as Cal State Fullerton started to make that charge. And so you've got some guys on this roster who can score runs. And playing the Pac-12, you have to have some arms. I think this team does. Uh, but you also absolutely need to have some guys who can get around the bases and score some runs. It, that was the biggest problem with Utah on Sunday is that as the game started to get away, they weren't able to match the production that you, Cal State Fullerton had. And we've seen it happen from time to time as well during the Pac-12 schedule. They'll have a lot of bumps along the way. There are some some really good, talented teams in the Pac-12. It'll be interesting to see how much Utah has to go to the bullpen. In the first game, Justin Kelly was able to take them four full innings. Randon Hostert was able to get them through three. And then Brett Brokoff was able to come in and, and close that one out. Uh, in the second game, it was it was more of a... Well, the wheels just came off. They only used three pitchers in that one, David Watson, Ian McIver, and, and Ben Kibbe. Uh, not really the effort that, you know, you're looking for. I mean, 11 earned runs from Watson and McIver uh, to start out. They, they just There wasn't a whole lot that you could do once the onslaught was going. And, again, some of that was just their inability to handle the ground ball. But I think the fascinating part about the last game was, you know, Trey Clarkson started out the game, gave up two runs only one of them earned uh so a decent effort from him and then matthew Sox came in and actually he earned the win despite not even pitching a full inning it was mostly dustin schramm and brayson herdsman that closed out the game for the utes uh herdsman collecting the save his first on the season so that'll be the part that i'll be looking at a little bit more closely is how can utah manage their arms how many arms will they be able to use how many guys will be able to contribute and will it be this up and down uh, kind of format where you have two good outings and then a just absolutely miserable one in between because you're trying to get some guys some rest? Will you have a little bit more regularity? Will your starters be able to give you a little bit more uh, time on the mound where it seems like the, the longest that you had one go was about four innings? Can you get a little bit longer and maybe not have to break into the bullpen as early? We'll see. Some of that is just college baseball in, in its essence. But 
that's a great start for this team. It should be a fun team to watch. They obviously have some ability to get around the bases to produce some runs. And then I thought the fact that they improved drastically defensively in the pitching from one game to the next was a huge indicator that this team's got some grit and some toughness and some ability to bounce back. Hopefully it gives them some confidence as they roll through this bizarrely scheduled season. And we hope that they can compete, complete as many games as possible as we've seen with other sports. Uh, not always the likelihood, but it does feel like things with a pandemic are, are turning for the better finally. And so we're wishing our best to the Utah baseball team. I'd also like to wish my best out to every one of you that's trying to take care of your car problems. And my best is this. You need to go to rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional store. You know your car better than anyone. You know the make, the model, the year. You know the ticks. You know the noises. You know all that kind of stuff. You need to go to rockauto.com so that you can get the right part and get your ride back on the road. RockAuto.com, family-owned business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And the best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part when you can just go to rockauto.com and get the best price available? Make sure that you write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Shifting over from baseball to basketball, the Pac-12 Conference has officially finalized the final week of the regular season. That schedule was released on Monday afternoon. The run and use will be facing Oregon State and Arizona State the first week of March. Those will both be home games at the John M. Huntsman Center. The Utes will take on the Oregon State Beavers and a chance to avenge a very bad loss on the road on Wednesday, March the 3rd at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2 or ESPNU. So that'll be a uh, mostly national broadcast. You won't have to worry about the Pac-12 network if you don't have it. Get on your ESPN Plus, get on your cable package, whatever it is for ESPN2 or ESPNU. That's going to be an interesting matchup because if we look at the current Pac-12 standings, the Utes are behind Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona, and Stanford in terms of getting one of those first five slots that would allow a first round bye. This is an update to the to the bracket that uh, because of covid and the need for sanitation procedures between games the the top five teams will get actual buys so number eight will play number nine number seven will play 10 number six will play 11 the 12th seeded team actually won't even be invited to the tournament and then you'll have the one through five seeds join back in on thursday march the 11th and then continue friday and saturday where the saturday game will be the championship and so Utah's odds of getting up there in order to get a top five seed look really slim right now. But the good news is that it's teams like Washington State and Oregon State, Arizona and Stanford that are in front of them. So if you can beat Arizona State, if you can knock UCLA and 
USC down this weekend, which that's a heavy task and a heavy ask for a team that really hasn't shown a ton of consistency uh, in in their ability to win the games that they need to win. You know, I think the Oregon game stands out, probably the Oregon State game stands out more than anything as a game that they absolutely just needed to win and they didn't. That that would have allowed them if they would have won those two games last week and and listen. I think we're all still in mourning over that one. That puts them above Oregon State, so they're right on the cusp of that number five spot behind Arizona. So that's where it stands. The likelihood of getting that number five seed just doesn't seem very likely, but what it would allow them to do is it would allow them to, a couple wins would allow them to jump Washington State and Oregon State. You would, in theory, be getting a more favorable seed. Uh, you know, as it looks right now with the standings, USC is probably going to be the number one seed, and Utah hasn't played them in a long time. We'll get a look at them this week and probably have a better idea of which teams Utah wants to face, but I think you would the hope would be that you'd want to get either that number seven or that number six seed. Uh, number seven would face number two in the second round. Number six obviously would face number three. That would play if if things were ended today. That puts you playing Oregon in the second round or UCLA. I think Oregon is a team that Utah can beat, as they proved on the road. Uh, which leads to another question: is is who will Utah have back? It does not sound like. Ryland Jones will be back in time to compete this week. The other question to ask is Mickey Yontanen. Larry Kraskoviak on his coach's show last night said that they are still waiting to find out what the uh, timeline will be for Mickey, who did get back to Salt Lake City, I believe, on Saturday evening while the Utes were playing against on Oregon. The original thinking was that it was going to be a seven-day quarantine, but I don't know that that'll stay the protocol. These things have been shifted uh, all along. Uh, there's just I, I believe what's happening is that Utah is most likely going to the Pac-12 and trying to say, hey, look, he's been tested the entire time. He's quarantining right now. He is continuing to be tested. If we continue to have nothing but negatives from him, he should be allowed to play and participate. And I think that's a fair, uh, fair ask on the part of the Utes. Uh, again, Ryland Jones it does not sound like we'll be playing this week at all against UCLA. Maybe in time for USC. We'll have to wait and see. But it doesn't sound like it's a season ender. It does sound like he may return in time for Oregon State and Arizona State that week before the tournament. It would be good to give him back and have a full roster. I I think you want to get this team as much time together with the full component of players as possible because it feels like the best games that they had all year was with that full roster against Washington State and Washington where they started to really emerge and play well. And even though they lost the game at Washington, I think there were lessons to be learned as that full entire unit that they could conceivably correct. But, you know, this team is the things that we know about the team are as such. This team competes. This team fights. This team will bounce back from bad losses and continue to play hard. And so I think that eventually the hope is that they start to put some of these bad losses and these bad moments and the waning moments of games behind them finally. 
and they start to make some advancements in those, you know, last two minutes and stop turning the ball over, at least with stupid, foolish turnovers anyways. Um, yeah, dribbling the ball off your foot, I, I get that it happens, but it should never happen that late in the game. Um, either both Alfonso Plummer or Timmy Allen. Um, and then, you know, maybe having Ryland Jones back will help some of that. Hard to say. Uh, he is scuffed scuffled a little bit but I will say this much about Rylan is that he does seem to have a good steadying presence on the offense for the most part and I think the other part of it too is that the emergence of Ian Martinez gives you a little bit more flexibility with the roster and the lineup that you play I don't think you have to depend as much on Timmy Allen to initiate the offense when Rylan's on the floor and so you can balance out your uh you know your 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 substitution pattern a little bit better and, and get some guys a little bit more rest. I think that's been the one benefit of losing Mickey and Ryland for this stretch is that you've gotten Lahat Chun more time. Ian Martinez has gotten real quality minutes, and I think he's earned the right to stay in the rotation. Uh, if somebody is scuffling, you can kind of reset things a little bit for them. And so it's just a really fascinating situation. I know I know there are a lot of Utah fans out there that are just kind of fed up with the program and the team, and I understand that. It's been a long time since they've been competitive, but this out of any year is probably the year where the craziest of stuff could happen, and I'm not saying that Utah is going to run the table and win the conference tournament, but if they win two or three games in the conference tournament, that does put a much better taste in your mouth moving forward than it did if – they had just completely dropped off the mat and lost out for the entire year. So they have four games upcoming. The hope is that you get at least Mickey Yontanen back for the UCLA game, which you're going to need. UCLA is a really good team. They're big up front. Uh, Tiger Campbell is a phenomenal player, and I'm I'm excited to break him down a little bit with Jake coming up later on this week. Uh, but I think that that's going to be a tough game for Utah. UCLA snuck out a, a big win over the weekend. Um you know, a come from behind her against Arizona and Arizona is a team that Utah's beaten. So hard to really make, you know, the comparisons against who does what, but I think that, you know, or excuse me, uh, UCLA beat Arizona state, not Arizona and Arizona state finally is at full strength, which boy, what a great time for them to be at full strength, huh? So anyways, it, the good, the only good news out of this whole situation might be the fact that California is probably going to be the 12th seed. It's them in Washington right now in the basement. It may end up being Arizona State. Is, is Right now they only have 12 conference games, and they'll be playing catch-up, but they do have a very healthy, a much more healthy team, uh, which was kind of the biggest issue that they had to start the year although Remy Martin did look like he was pretty exasperated against UCLA. So that'll be upcoming. Uh, at least we know that there'll be two more games against Oregon State and ASU, a chance to avenge that bad loss up in Corvallis. And then finally, we'll get to see the Utes play against Arizona State, and thankfully both of those games will be at home. The Utes do seem to play a little bit better at home uh, as of late. Whether you're at home or on the road, betonline.ag is there for you to handle your sports bets. The fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action, even though football is now over, 
There are NBA, college basketball, NHL lines. There are awards shows, TV shows, reality TV shows. So maybe you're a fan of the Challenge series on MTV that is incredibly still going on, as I've just learned recently. And maybe you have an inside scoop on that one. Or maybe you have a really strong opinion about who's going to win the bachelor or bachelorette or, or whatever it is that's going on this time around. Clearly I am a huge fan of both of those things. Bet online has you covered. They keep their odds updated. They even had an odds on whether or not Jim Bayheim would pick his nose on TV again the other day, which uh, if you're on social media, you may have seen the clip of him picking his nose while the camera was on him during the game. Uh, as a coach, uh, boy, I'm glad I don't have to do that kind of stuff because I would most absolutely embarrass myself and become a prop bet for betonline.ag. They have you covered for everything. Uh, you they allow you to set your own bets. They will set up a line on, on pretty much anything that you want to gamble on. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on. That's betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out the final segment here on Locked on Utes for a Tuesday, we are going to jump into my neck of the woods and talk a little bit about recruiting. If you are not a fan of recruiting, then you probably don't like college sports. It's a huge part of what fuels the football teams. It's a great thing to cover. I absolutely love recruiting. There is no better uh event than than the recruiting cycle and the ups and the downs and the commitments and and everything like that um but there are uh, some strong developments that came out of the weekend in terms of some offers from the Utes and also some recruiting buzz from the pylon seven on seven tournament in bullhead city nevada or arizona excuse me uh pylon seven on seven is kind of like the elite seven on seven tournament and it's where all the major prospects go and and will go to compete and kind of get an early edge on the recruiting cycle it's a great opportunity for them to get in front of evaluators to talk to you know uh, her great biggins and and brandon huffman and blair angulo about who they've spoken with and, and who's targeting them a couple names that i can throw out there for you Zeke Berry is a cornerback out of De La Salle. De La Salle is one of the most talented high school programs in California. Uh, there are just an absolute slew of athletes that come out of De La Salle. Six-foot cornerback, 185 pounds, currently has a few different offers from Arizona State, California, Oregon, and Utah. Says that Utah is one of three that matches the top of his list. He is uh, you know, another one of those high-end prospects currently a three-star as far as the industry composite goes but as a junior that's short of change as he actually gets to play some football and not just compete at seven on sevens Uh, another interesting prospect with a Utah offer is Jaden Rashada who is a dual threat in fact he's the number one dual threat quarterback prospect in the country currently four-star prospect out of Pittsburgh California has a couple different offers Arizona State Auburn California and Utah all of which are programs that he has mentioned as being interested in so the Utes are early on a 2023 prospect 
at the quarterback position. They have already secured a 2022 commitment from J.P. Zamora. And so this is a great opportunity for them to get on a four-star prospect early in the 2023 cycle. I think that was part of the reasoning behind going and getting Zamora and securing his commitment early. They like him as a prospect. He's not the highest-rated player in that class, but I think he's a good athlete. He, He fills the need, and he allows Utah to concentrate on 2023 because they do have a slew of quarterback prospects right now and I don't know that they're going to be in such a dire position in 2022 in terms of getting a quarterback uh, or the 2022 season in terms of having a quarterback that Zamora will become the most critical quarterback on the roster and that's really the the, that's how you want to get to your quarterback recruiting. You want to have an ABAB style recruiting. And now there are some years where you'll go out and you'll get two prospects. And I think Utah's also proven that they can go to the transfer portal and, and snag some good quarterback prospects. But that's a good sign in my book that, that he's mentioning that Utah is still at the top of his list, even with Arizona State Auburn and Cal on, on his offer list. And if you look at how Utah has gone about recruiting the quarterback position, they've been early on a lot of good and talented prospects. One that I loved was CJ Stroud and Utah was able to get in on him early. But unfortunately, once Ohio state came in, that was that. And Stroud will likely be starting for the Buckeyes next year, depending on what happens with the five-star kid that they nabbed uh, for the 2021 cycle. But I would put my money more on Stroud than whoever the other guy is. Another prospect to be aware of is C.J. Stokes, a running back out of South Carolina. He mentioned uh, at over at Udzone.com in an article recently that Utah was in hot pursuit of him. I've also heard from a few different sources that he's one of their higher-priority recruits. This kind of information is all available over at Udzone.com. Go get a free trial if you haven't already and find out how much fun it is to follow recruiting. There's a couple other prospects that Utah just offered. Shaquan Bowser, uh, outside linebacker out of Queen Creek, Arizona. He's a number. He's a 2022 prospect. He's the number one pass rusher in the state of Arizona. Uh, fun prospect. Jake Mikula, uh, out of Littleton, Colorado, a 6'5", 265-pound tackle, which should excite a lot of you out there because you seem to think – that the Utes need more offensive linemen, which I'm not going to disagree with you. The more, the better. So get in on it early, start to follow the season. And if you know, uh, you have other questions, we'll try and dip into the recruiting pool every now and then. Uh, luckily we've had plenty of content to talk about recently, so we haven't had to go too deep into it, but that's it for today's episode of the locked on youth podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. As always, you can find me at Brambear SLC. You can find Jake at Jacob C hatch on Twitter. You can always email us locked on at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe rate and review. We are five stars only when it comes to those reviews. And thank you again for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. This has been Locked on Utes Podcast for February 23rd, 2021.